I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. Oh, no way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible! This is ridiculous! This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible Buddha! What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Wrap for Round 17 of the NRL. After Queensland's series clinch and win, uh, some of the key Supercoach players backed up this week and some were rested. Um, could be seen as a bit of a moving round for super coaches because there's a fair disparity in the scores. I've seen some really big scores. And a shout out to the Wheat Dog, uh, who was up there, well and truly up there early in the season, dropped back to the mid sort of hundreds. Um, he's up inside the top 100, and I know he's punched out a 1388 before updates. So he's going to put up a pretty good score and push himself right up there, I think, with the leaders. Okay, let's have a look at the round that was. What a start to the round on Friday night for the Waz. Jeez, absolutely rinsing the Dragons at the gong. So, yeah, what luck. I mean, it was St. George, so, and they've had a really tough week with all the stuff going on with uh, Benny Hunt, but you can't help but feel that the Warriors are coming. I feel like they're coming. So 48 points to 18, and, and the Warriors... They were nowhere near their best, really. Like I've seen them play that shape. Obviously, they they did that pretty well after there was an injury in the centers. I think it might have been Moses Suley went off injured, uh, and they had to put Bird in the centers, and they just cooked them on the outside. And Dallin Watini is a Lesniak. He's in career best form, but it's just that shape that Webster's brought to them. It's sort of like um, they play really tight and really deep, and and challenge the defense there. And then they sort of fan out to the winger and uh, it finishes with DWZ in the corner if it goes well. So, yeah, and it went well. It went really well at Wollongong. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Warriors, I guess. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit excited. I think they're going to be a genuine top four hope, um, particularly good weekend for them with, um, you know, the Broncos having a little bit of a hiccup there. Not that I'd think that they would drop out of the top four but I mean yeah they had a fairly big decline after origin last year so they might get the yips again and also well South Sydney we'll talk about a bit later but they're in a bit of a slump as well 
St. George, oh, geez, what can you say for St. George fans? It's going to be a tough finish to the season. But from a Supercoach point of view, you've just got to keep your eye on any matchups um, coming up for players that are playing against the Dragons and the Dolphins because I think it could be – it's almost like the season's gone too long for them. So, yeah, um, keep your eyes peeled for that and, uh, you know, possible captaincy opportunities when you play them because there were some huge scores against the Dragons. And and the Warriors had a, had a sin bin as well in that. So, And like I said, I've seen the Warriors play games where they've played a lot better. So it was, it's um, – doesn't have good signs there for the Dragons moving forward. Look, there's no really relevant super coach players for the Dragons, so I'm not going to waste time and have a look at them. For the Warriors, wow, the spy picked this about a month ago, and uh, I'm not sure if he even got on it himself, but he was talking it up, and um, he said Dallin Martini's Lesniak, and he has just produced something that he's not produced ever in his career. But like I said, he's on the end of that shape. And they do it so well, better than maybe any other team to the right-hand side of the field, 175 super coach points. And the other beneficiary of that, you know, that did really well with it is um, Charles Nickel Klockstad, 148. Oh, I was so close to bringing him in. Uh, I was tossing and turning, and then I sort of second-guessed myself and thought it might have been Warriors bias. And, yeah, I'm sort of lamenting that at the moment because I went Walsh over him. I thought Walsh would have a field day uh, during the day game over the night game. But anyway, congrats to those that have CNK, uh, 148 super coach points. And, um, you know, he's not going anywhere if he's in your team, that's for sure. So uh, Sean Johnson, 112. Uh, yeah, I mean... He's just in career best form and he digs into the line so well for shape. It was good that he got a few try contributions because he really does set up those tries with how deep he can dig into the line. It's sort of Cody Walker-esque. Um, you know, I would say Cody Walker, Sean Johnson and Josh Schuster when he gets it right are the best. They look the best when they dig into the line like that. Kieran Foran's also very capable of doing it, but I haven't seen much of it lately from from the Titans. Uh, Adam Fanuel Blake, 93. That's a nice score after he had two weeks with a 60 and a 63. So owners would be happy with that. He's going nowhere. Those people that hung on to Jackson Ford, I didn't. I, I traded him out. 74. They'd be happy with that. Uh, Luke Metcalf, very reliant on attack, but 61 still a good score. Tohu Harris, a little bit down, but 56 is more than respectable. So looking forward, I think, you know, as a short-term play, you'd probably have to keep your eye on Joshy Curran. Uh, Nia Cora is looking like he'll get a three-week suspension for that hit. Uh, he's got a few priors. I don't even know if they'll challenge that. Josh Curran running off SJ with the Warriors playing like this might be a short-term play if you've got the trades. You might have to get him back out, of course, if uh, – if Neocore comes back in, in saying that as well, I'm not sure how long Barnett's out for. He might only got suspended for a week, I think. So how that affects what they do with the back row, I'm not 100% sure. So the Warriors, they play the Rabbitohs at home next week and the crowd's sure to be up and about for that one. And the Saints will take on a rested shark side. So if you've got some sharks, then I think it's probably just a lock to put Nico as captain for that game.
Okay, first game on Super Saturday, and the Parramatta Eels put an absolute clinic in the first half over the Dolphins, who just look tired. They look like it's been a big season for them, and I know they're only just over halfway through it, but, yeah, they really need to find something to rejuvenate their season, and they didn't have it in that first half. In the second half, they were better. They showed a bit of pride because it looked like it was going to be really bad. But certainly the second half, they can get something out of that. But, geez, um, Brad Arthur, he, he, Brad Arthur deserves some props, seriously. Like he's probably one of the more underrated coaches for what he's done in his career. And how good this Parramatta side's going after a start, tough start to the season. Like they were playing reasonably well, but they just weren't getting the wins. And then, you know, his mar- one of his marquee players, Dylan Brown, he's – suspended or stood down for off-field indiscretions at the moment, and that's a big loss for them. They, they they could have really struggled on the back of that, but he just come up with this awesome game plan for those people that didn't watch the Dolphins game, or even if you did watch it, you'd sort of probably relate to what I'm saying, is they just came up with this game plan where they would shift it to the edges and really attack the two halves, like try to get at the three-man, which is normally your half, so your half and 5-8 play three in and defense, and they did it so well that they isolated that player on just numerous occasions. But normally what happens is they isolate that player, you get a quick play of the ball and play off the back of it. But they had a real game plan to push through and support because they knew that Davey and Cartwright, probably more particularly Cartwright, had the ability to offload. And uh, and they did. And they just sort of they just ran through them and to be fair to the Dolphins, like some of it was poor defence, but some of it was really, really good NRL footy. So hats off to the Paraboys. They were just streaming through in support. And um, that first half was just great footy to watch. They were on an absolute tear there. Clint Gutherson, 109. Can he keep this up? Huge question. So he's just been on an absolute tear um, ever since basically – yeah, Dylan Brown has dropped out of the team. He's really stood up and he's punching out some great super coach scores. And I think we've got a question later about the fullbacks and who you're going to use moving forward. And, yeah, Gutho's definitely in consideration there. Jermaine Hopgood's going through a really good patch. Nice try, just ran straight over the top of a couple of players there, crashed over. He's he's sort of stamped himself as an elite second-row forward in Supercoach, uh, Mitchie Moses, I mean, with a score like that, 105, you'd probably expect that from your halfback and goal kicker. But, I mean, those people that jumped on him before Origin had to cop him getting picked in Origin um, and probably played with one half or without a half last week, they'd be very happy with the 105. Will Panasini, I'm not sure how relevant he is to Supercoach, but he played a really good game, two tries, 103 points. Bryce Cartwright, he's one I've been talking about for a while. I mean, I don't know if you could bring him in, but he's certainly in career best form. 84 super coach points, just running a muck on that right-hand side. Obviously, you're not going to get the Dolphins every week, but Parramatta are airborne at the moment. Uh, Bailey Simonson, 83. Now, the reason I mention him is... I actually looked at him and I went, geez, this bloke is playing so well. And it reminded me a bit of what Tim, Tim McCall was doing earlier in the year. But 
my theory's always been to avoid players playing center, the center position, unless they goal kick. So I don't. I think I've done that for a few years now, and I haven't really regretted it. So wingers are different. They're the, you know they can get the tries, they can get the tackle breaks, and they get the touches. But generally, I mean Joey Manu is probably the exception to the rule. But I generally steer away from um, centers. I guess Dane Gagai is putting up numbers this year that that could be make him a bit of an exception as well. But I tend to try and just keep my centre wings as wingers and uh, or, you know, Val Holmes obviously goal kicks as well. So I don't have him. I'm pretty dirty. I don't have him at the moment. I did have him earlier in the year, but I sold him when the Cowboys were going ordinary. Uh, Ryan Madison, 51, would have been brought in by some. He's a solid option. Uh as a pod for the rest of the season, uh, you know, he, he is a pod at the moment, but he probably looks like just securing that position off the bench, coming on, playing 55 to 60 minutes. And with Hopgood going so well, I mean, you sort of got a question, what, you know, where's his ceiling? Is, is the upside there for Matto this year? Probably not. Uh, for the Dolphins, the Hammer, two tries. He's just been awesome for owners. This keeps on delivering. He's available in that center wing position, 86 points. Asako, in a game like that, 67, you'd take that every day of the week. He continues to deliver. Uh, Tavare, Valence Tavare, I know um, some people brought him in as a cheapie, 56. That's a good effort for owners. And Connolly Lamuelu, now I've got him in my side, 35 points. Had some injury difficulties as well. Look like they may linger. He's a definite sell if you haven't sold him already. Uh, I think his time's up just a little bit like the Dolphins are. I mean, they may kick again for the odd game, but they look like they're pretty cooked for this season. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that they can't win, you know, two or three games on the run home or something like that. Yeah, maybe they jag a few and get up for certain games, particularly at home, but uh, they certainly look like, um, yeah, like the predictions at the start of the year that they were going to struggle. I mean, they've just worked so hard to sort of do better than what everyone thought that they were going to do. And now it's sort of, yeah, it looks like, yeah, they might have just, um, they might be done for the season. But we'll see. We'll see. I've written up a few teams already and they're back in the mix. We'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Para have the bye next week, so they'll be happy with that. And the Dolphins play the Broncos. who will be looking to bounce back, and that's at the Gabba next week. Second game of Super Saturday saw the Penny Panthers Take it out 20 points to 12 over the Newcastle Knights. Interesting game. Six Origin players were rested. Uh, so the Panthers took that opportunity to give those players a rest. And obviously, Cleary's still out. So it was really, I mean, there might have been half an A grade side there. And the rest were made up of essentially reserve grade players. But such is the Penrith discipline and their system that they've got installed there. They just. They prevailed over, you know, what you'd have to say is a mediocre side in the in the nights, and I think, you know, I might have gone off a bit early on a few teams. Like we'll talk about the Cowboys a bit later. I think they're definitely back in the mix, and I wrote them off pretty early in the season. But I can't see this coming back to haunt me. I think the Knights are really going to struggle to make the top eight this season, and that's probably not a surprise to most people. They weren't tipped to make the eight, but um, they do have a couple of games coming up where if they don't 
put those wins in the bank, then, you know, we saw Justin Holbrook sacked during the week by the Gold Coast Titans. Adam O'Brien looks like he's next on the chopping block. I doubt the Knights can be consistent or disciplined enough to do anything this year, like sneak into the top eight, which is probably what he needs. Um, Ponga's an awesome player, but the rest of their spine is basically fringe A grade. I mean, Jackson Hastings done some good things, but most of those were over in English Super League. Uh, they're playing with, you know, a makeshift dummy half, which really stilts their attack in, in Phoenix, Crosland, and um, Tyson Gamble's a goer. He has a crack, no doubt, but um, he overplays a lot, and it costs it costs the, the Knights. And in a game like the one they played against the Panthers where the Panthers basically completed everything, didn't just strangle the, the life at them, which is what they often do when they play at Penrith, um, you know, it's it's stuck out a little bit, the the lack of class in the halves that they had there. So, um, yeah, and as for the Panthers, I mean, you know, with a performance like that, with all of your star players out there, they're well and truly on track for three premierships in a row. Okay, Greg Marju, 68. That's a solid performance after missing a week um, for the internal suspension for missing the bus. Uh, I thought he was good. He's going to give you some good scores on the run home. Uh, even though I've said that stuff about Newcastle, I think Greg Marzu is a solid hold. Uh, well, I probably wouldn't be looking to bring him in if you didn't already have him, but he's certainly a hold. Dylan Lucas is one that I've mentioned a couple of times. He, now, you, you're probably not going to get him this year. I mean, Lachlan, Lachlan Fitzgibbon's going to um, rear his head at some stage. Uh, but he's playing some pretty decent footy and he's one to keep an eye on because I think he's got the favour of the coaching staff and, yeah, Dylan Lucas looks like a player possibly of the future. A bit of a down game for Dane Gago, 51. Uh, Kalen Ponga looked pretty good at halftime, like he was going to post a pretty decent score against um, Penrith. I mean, 47, I probably would have taken that at the start of the game against the Panthers. But, um, yeah, the second half was pretty disappointing by the Knights and, you know, as a knock-on effect by, you know, by Ponga. Uh, Phoenix Crosland, I know Timmy Williams has still got him. Well, there's a few people still got him, 40 super coach points. Been relatively good uh, pickup as a super coach player. Uh, Tyrone Peachy, jeez, what's happened there? That's a great score for him, 103 points. He doesn't like passing the ball that much, so... Taruvaran is like myself. I was just scratching my head going, what's going on here? Because he went from Isaac Tungo, who, who doesn't pass at the best of times, but I think Peachy's even worse. Like sometimes it looks like he's got a clear overlap. I've seen a couple of times on, on Saturday night when I thought he had a clear overlap and he just sort of dummies and starts roaming back in field. It's almost like he doesn't like the bloke. But anyway, good for Peachy's score if you've got him and not good if you haven't got him. But uh, obviously, with all their troops back, Peach will drop out. But, yeah, I mean, those that have him would be pretty happy with the score. Um, I have to have a look. Yeah, so just having a look at uh, Jay Schubert from Twitter's projections and Tyrone Peachy, he's going to have a break-even of five. So you might keep him because he might get another game or two before the end of the year and he's going he's gonna to rise in price by 52500 so if you don't need to cash in on him, then maybe owners just keep him or maybe you cash in just thinking that he's not going to play a lot more for the rest of the season. 
Scotty Sorensen, another crack and score for him, 76 points. I'm not sure that he's that highly owned, but he's certainly delivered for those people that do own him. Dylan Edwards, rock solid, 73. Tungo, Bull didn't really go his way, but still got 68. Zach Hoskins, 52. That's what we've expected from him. No real attacking upside. He's buddy solid as a rock. Uh, Sonny Ataruva, I thought he played quite well to look at, uh, you know, eye-wise, but, yeah, 39, a bit disappointing. I think he's probably a sell. Sonny Luke, I just can't get this bloke out of my side. It's the bane of my existence at the moment. So 19 and yeah, it just hurts. I just uh, got him at the start of the year and just haven't been able to shake him because he's so cheap. But, yeah, so looking at next week, the Panthers take on Melbourne in Melbourne. So that's going to be a cracker. And the Knights take on the Bulldogs. So that's a pretty favourable matchup for those people like me that have Ponga and, you know, maybe a Mazu then, you know, you'd be more than happy to hold them and, and uh, see how they they go against the Bulldogs. They should be able to get some attack out of that game. Okay, main game on Super Saturday. Normally, like, a really cracking game, but obviously with the injury to Turbo, Storm taking it out 24 points to 6 over Manly. Wasn't a hugely entertaining game. Storm did what they had to do. I thought Manly were pretty good early in this game. Um, for one reason or another, they just seemed like, there was a few of these games this weekend where there wasn't a lot of scoring. And I don't know if it's just this time of the year, but, yeah, there was a sort of low scoring, maybe a bit more focus on defense or sides are struggling with not training together as much with um, origin players out, but, yeah, whatever it was. It's a strange anomaly there. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, like I said, Manly were pretty good early in this game. Um Probably my main take from the game was how well Xavier Coates played. I was talking to a few people about him maybe three or four weeks ago and he had this problem when he was carrying the ball back out of trouble. He was fairly ineffective because he's so upright and they were just ca- they're doing what they call catch and carry. Like, you know, they'd get defenders that would get underneath him, tackle him high, get underneath him. Then they'd get numbers in the tackle and they were just carrying him back. Sometimes it was like you know, 8 to 10 metres, which was really stifling the storm sets. But uh, obviously they've addressed that and some of his runs were really good. He even broke through on a on a, on a a return there, um, you know, a play one just return run, I think it was, that he, he went through the Manly defence sort of later in the game. So, yeah, cracking game there by Coates. Um, you know, obviously the Munster laid out for Supercoaches was, was huge. It was... As a bit of a blow to me, but there was a bit of talk around all week that he was crook and he played crook for Queensland, so you just got to cop those blows when they come. Uh, I guess with Manly, the challenge for them is, and Seabold is really, they have to reinvent themselves with Turbo out because such a huge amount of their play revolves around Turbo and you know everyone knows the statistics when he's out, so they need DCE to finish the season well after origin. Um, you know, he's getting older now. He, you know, he, he did look like, you know, he mentioned how sore he was and, you know, he's taking the knocks. He's playing pretty physically. He definitely took a lot of runs in, in origin. So it's going to be interesting to see how he comes out after origin, but he's the ultimate pro. Um, but most of all, they need Schuster to step up. 
and and justify, you know, like there was there's been a lot of press about um the top one hundred earners and yeah, should definitely raise some eyebrows. Joshy Schuster on eight hundred K a year at <laughs> at Manly. Geez, good job, boys manager. Like I, I rate Schuster. I reckon he's he's just a supreme talent. He he does things the way that he attacks the line with the ball is so unique that it makes him uh, a player that's great to watch, but also a player that is very hard to game plan against, I think. But he doesn't, at this stage of his career, he hasn't done it consistently. There's been issues around his uh, conditioning. So, you know, players that are on that much money really need to be producing week in, week out. But We'll see how he goes for the rest of the year. It's definitely a big challenge for him. So looking at a few of the scores, Xavier Coates, 101. Like I said, that was a cracking game with him. I think he was man of the match and don't say that often about wingers. Big Nass, 88. Great to see him get a try crashing through there. Jerome Hughes, he's been good for those people that brought him in as a halfback option with Cleary out. And, you know, uh, they might have brought him in with Hines going up to Origin. So, He's been a good option along with SJ, 84 points. Um, Will Warbrick, 80. Jeez, I like the look of this kid. Yeah, he looks like he is going to be an NRL player for the next 10 years. He's big, he's athletic, and uh, he's a very good finisher. I think he's just going to get better and better, and he's going he's gonna to be relevant in Supercoach as well. I feel like that in the years to come. Uh, Harry Grant looked a bit tired. Probably after all the partying, 45. Hamoli Olakuatu for Manly, 81. That's a respectable effort. Got the try off the kick. And Ruben Garrick, 62. Josh Schuster, 21. So Garrick's probably the big one. I think a lot of people had him because of him playing left wing outside Turbo. Big question marks. Do you keep him? What's going to be his role moving forward? I mean, I think owners are very happy to see him move from that right center position that he went to for maybe one or two games and looked pretty good, um, posted a really good score there. But now he's moved into fullback and he looked good. He actually looked really good and he and we know he can score pretty decent um, points there and they're not going to play Melbourne every week. So I think that Garrick's a solid hold. Um Unless you've got someone clearly better that you think you can go to in the centre wing, I think definitely hold on to Ruben Garrick. Josh Schuster, I wouldn't be holding him. I think, you know, he's too up and down at this stage. If you can get rid of him and get him out of your side, if you haven't already, then Schuster's definitely a sell. Uh, Okay, looking at both teams' games for next week. So we mentioned it before, the Storm with that top four clash uh, against the Panthers. So they'll stay in Melbourne for that. And Manly will go home to Four Points Park and take on the Roosters, who are going to be desperate after their loss to the Raiders tonight. G'day, guys and girls. Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Seacool for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go, you know, I spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. 
that Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same game multi on a first try score about to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend. You thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flick on an email at gareth.w at sequel, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U. Give them a buzz on 02-9559-4013 or flick them a message on Instagram at Gambling. That is Sequel Gambling, all one word, lovely team, great group of people, free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC payable listeners. Get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers. Okay, before we go on to the Sunday games, got a few questions here from the Desi Creek 2019 Supercoach Champion. He asks, uh, first of his three questions, is AJ Alex Johnson a keeper? And um, I would say, Desi, this is an answer for the next question as well, a little bit. Um, but I think the way South are going, they are genuinely in a slump. So before the bye, they'd lost three or four games and they're giving up something like 30 points in their last three games. So it's not the South that we saw earlier in the year that was touted as a team that would play in the finals. Do I think they're still capable of challenging for the premiership? Absolutely. But they're definitely going through a legitimate slump at the moment. And I would say at this point in time, you couldn't say that AJ is a keeper, particularly with the news that Latrell is out to round 21. So is AJ a keeper? No. Okay, next question from Desi. Is Damien Cook a keeper? Now, this one's a little bit more complicated because obviously he plays in the hooker position, which is basically a barren position. Um, you've got Harry Grant there. Not much else. I mean, Jeremy Marshall King's injured. Uh, no one else is doing a great deal. Uh, Wade Egan was doing a bit there, but he's in and out of the team with his head knocks and um, you know, even when he played for most of the game there, I think he went off for a bit of a HIA with the Warriors. But, yeah, I don't think you bring him in with any confidence at this stage. Brandon Smith's not playing at the moment because of injury. So I think Cook is, probably is a hold. Um, I wouldn't call him a genuine keeper, but in essence, if – He's in your side. Yes, he is a keeper because I wouldn't be trading him out for anyone um, unless it allowed you to get a player in another position that you really needed. If that money freed it up and you were just going to play with one hooker and rely on Harry Grant, which is the dangerous game to play if you're low on trades, uh, finishing off the season. But, yeah, I would say Cook is not a keeper, but he's a definite hold if you've got him. Okay, third question from Desi. Do you get Dave Fafita back in ASAP after his massive effort today or do you save money for Nathan Cleary? Oh, that's a cracking question from the Desi Creek. Um, Yeah, I think with the Titans have had all three buys as well. So they're going to play a fair few games, well, obviously more games than anyone else until the end of the season. Fafita still is obviously going to be involved in Origin 3, so you have to take that into consideration. We don't know with Cleary how he's going to come back or exactly when he's going to come back. Um, 
he wasn't going super good before he got the injury. Uh, so I would say Fafita is a trade-in. Um, as soon as you can get him, uh, yeah, I, I think that that might be a bit much. I think if people wanted to wait until after the origin period, then that would be fair because they did rest Tino today, the Titans, and in all likelihood they're going to give Dave Fafita a rest after the next origin, I'd say. Um, I think that's a big possibility. So I think if you waited until after origin, that would be a fair play as well. But, yeah, in short, I would prioritise getting Dave Fafita in over uh, Nathan Cleary but um, you just have to wait and see, and hopefully you've got the money to have both of them in your side because I think you're going to need them if you want to have a good run home for Supercoach. Okay, on to the Sunday games, the early game at Suncorp Stadium, the last game at Suncorp Stadium before it shuts down for the Women's Soccer World Cup, so that's exciting. Uh, The Gold Coast Titans, massive upset, 18 points to 12 over the Bronx. Really strange game. It was a day game. You know, everyone expected it to be fast and furious conditions. It started like that. The Broncos had two or three offloads in their first set. They were moving the ball around. Um, You just thought this is just going to be a high-scoring game for both teams. It's going to open it up. But it it got into a bit of more of an arm wrestle. There was a fair few tries that were... Uh, disallowed or overturned by the bunker. So I think the Bronx might have had four or five tries disallowed or overturned by the bunker. So that's pretty unique in in and of itself. Um, Yeah, the Titans, they just kept coming and they didn't fold up the way they have a lot of times when they've got in front this year. So full full respect to them uh, with all that's gone on this week with uh, their coach and all the talk about Benny Hunt and that, which would have um, had their head in different places. I felt like the Bronx were probably a bit impatient. That was what I – they were – like Reese Walsh played a bit more like what I expected from him this year than what he's done. I, I would say it surprised me not how good Reese Walsh has been in moments because I knew he had that ability watching him for the Warriors last year, but it surprised me how consistently he's been able to do it and how consistently he has – taken the right option and not overplayed because when he played for the Warriors last year, he overplayed a lot, you know, kickballs dead, chip and chase, um, just basically the first thing that came to his head, just playing um, the way he sees it and not really thinking his way through things, very, very instinctive. And I felt like he was like that today and he was – you know, getting frustrated with the referees because there was a few calls that, that went against the Broncos, to be fair. But, um, yeah, the bounce of the ball didn't go with them. The calls probably didn't go with them. So I, I think the Bronx with Ben Hunt possibly going there, that makes the Broncos an even more legitimate premiership threat that possibly could elevate them into those top two that I speak about with Panthers and Rabbitohs, although the Rabbitohs are really struggling at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, just having a chat about that Ben Hunt situation, surely the Dragons are smart enough to get some sort of compensation in the form of players and cash from the Broncos and Titans. So if Benny Hunt's going to go to the Bronx for the last 10 weeks 
and they know how important he would be to them uh, in a premiership run, particularly with the demons of last year that the Broncos have of how they finished off the season uh, going into the finals um, and missed out on them. So I think that they're going to try really hard to get Ben Hunt. So I think from that point of view, if you're the Dragons, I mean, what what sort of advantage is it for them to get rid of Ben Hunt early? I mean, no advantage really. I think they should hold on to him until they get adequate compensation. The the uh, Gold Coast Titans probably don't have a player, one single player that they could trade to them or move along that is as good as Ben Hunt, but they've probably got a number of young players that have got good futures ahead of them. You know, when I look through their list, they've got, you know, Phil Sammy, um, Kelly, uh, Lofie Khan Pereira, uh, Adam, uh, Aaron Shop, Tanner Boyd, Jaden Campbell, um, Payne Haas's brother, Tino's brother. Like, I mean, there's some good young talent there. Uh, most of them are young, probably Sammy and Kelly are getting on a little bit, but, I mean, if you could get two or three of those players, they probably could make a difference to your roster in a year or two time. So I think uh, when the Dragons speak to Hunt and Flanagan talks to him, I think that's what they really need to do in terms of getting the most out of it. Because if they just let him go, I mean, the season's already been uh, – well, it's basically already gone, the, the Saints season, because – they sacked their coach and now they've had all this Ben Hunt drama, so they're not going to do much for the rest of the year. So what does it hurt to just hang on to Ben Hunt? He's shown that he's professional enough. He's going to play if they don't release him. Um, so, you know, he's not going to do something like where he's going to say, no, nah, I'm refusing to play or anything like that. So you're not going to have that stench around the club. So I think, um, you know, the season's sabotaged enough already. So... Just wait it out like like the NBA, like the NFL teams do until you get an offer that's suitable for you and then let him go because you saw, you were smart enough to sign him for two and a half years. So if these other sides really want him, and they do, I mean, halves are like hen's teeth at the moment on the NRL market. They're going to pay up. They're going to talk to players. They're going to get them to move and whatnot. And, yeah, they'll just play the waiting game. We'll see how that goes down. Anyway, back to uh, Supercoach. Um, probably not a lot of relevant Supercoach scores. Obviously, Dave Fafita, 116. Well done if you hung on to him. And like Desi said in that question earlier, is he a player you just absolutely need to get back into your side? Probably. Running off Kieran Foran, he looks so good. Um, he's absolutely flying uh, on the back of State of Origin. I think he's taken a lot of confidence from that. Alofi Camparera, 76, couple of line breaks. Um, he just looked dangerous the whole time. So obviously not really a super coach proposition. We found that out earlier in the year, but, um, yeah, nice super coach score there. The biggest one was probably Reese Walsh. Like I said, that was a massive, massive call for me, 148 from Charles Nickel Klockstad. Reese Walsh went Reese Walsh instead, 26 points, 122 point turnaround so that that hurts that stings but that's super coach i guess i mean he made a couple of breaks and scored tries but they got called back so he's a little bit unlucky not to get up closer to the 80 90 100 um Reece walsh but it was just that type of game Payne haas respectable 52 after origin carrigan yeah got the try assist 76 points 
Nice work by him. So the Broncos uh, taking on the Dolphins at the Gabba. You'd imagine that's be a fairly big bounce-back game. It's a rivalry game for them as it is. So they'll be looking to put on a bit of a show. I'm happy to keep Reese Welsh for that because um, hopefully he can bounce back and get a decent score. I feel like the Titans moving forward are going to be a bit of a dangerous side uh, now with the coach gone. They've got a young list. They've got nothing to lose. And, um, you know, if Jim Lenahan, who is an experienced coach at a lower level, can come in and instill a bit of, you know, just tweak a few things a little bit different to what um, Holbrook had them, possibly they're a side that could hang around and be nuisance value for the top eight. I really believe that. And they're a side that on any given day they can turn up and, you know, they've got Tino, they've got... um, Dave Fafita, obviously, and they've got a stack of young players. They're quick, they're fast, uh, and, yeah, they can certainly string together some footy. So keep an eye out for the Titans. I wouldn't write them off for the rest of the season. Okay, nice segue to the next game. Talk about writing off teams. I wrote off the Cowboys earlier this year, and I have got egg in my face. After the Cowboys, 31 points to six winners over South. That was a statement by the Cowboys, and uh, they've been putting a few of them together lately. So it was a Scotty Drinkwater masterclass, to be honest with you. When he plays like that, he is one of the most dangerous players in the game, and he was on. So it was it was really good to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive Scotty Drinkwater fan, but credit where credit's due. He just tore South to shreds, and um, he plays with such speed and challenges the defensive line, and he's just so confident at the moment. Uh, he's just everything's rolling for him. So, South, on the other hand, uh, well, they were moving the ball like they normally do, but they just looked out of sorts. I mean, Cody was angry early. Um, and I just think, you know, like he was out of sorts. And yeah, I, I think what's well, now safe to, safe to say that they're in a legitimate slump. I mean, if you look at, they just came off the bye. Teams normally play well off the bye, they haven't. South have lost. Before the bye, they lost three of their last four games before the bye to Parramatta, Dragons, and Raiders. And now they got flogged by 25 points by the Cowboys. Uh, and in the other game, I think they played Titans and it was a high-scoring game. They were down by a fair bit and then they just came back and um, you know scored about oh, maybe 30 points in the second half to beat them. So, but they gave up around about a high 20s or 30 points. So, yeah, South, I don't know where that defense has gone from earlier in the year, but it's gone and they really need to go back to the drawing board and work things out for the for the run home. They've got no Latrell. They've got a few injury issues here and there, uh, a few blokes coming in tired from origin. I thought Murray and Cook weren't at their best. So, yeah, it's going to be challenging. They've got to go over the ditch and play the Warriors, who are absolutely flying, and they're going to have a big home crowd there. So it's going to be a real test for South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, the Cowboys, like I said, I wrote them off early in the year. I just thought they're not as good as what everyone thought they were, but suddenly their list looks good. They found a few young players that come in. They're playing good attack and footy. I mean, Valamai, uh, he's keeping Kyle Felt, the veteran, out of a position. Um, Finney Fuwaki. 
hit and hold, absolutely killing it. Obviously, um, Jeremiah Nanoi makes a huge difference on the edge. Even though he's a bit suspect in defense, he just brings so much in attack and he's an aerial threat as well. But to be honest, it, a lot of it revolves around drink water and, you know, when you give him quick play of the balls and he can play off the back of that, he's getting clean ball. He's absolutely killed it. So look out. The Cowboys are back and they're coming at the end of the year. So we'll see how it goes. Not all is lost for those Cowboys fans. Okay, having a look at a few of the scores. A few people brought in Richie Kanar, so they'll be happy with 63 from him. Campbell Graham, 55. That's solid. Uh, Keon Kalomatangi. Now, he was a player that I, before this round started, I was going to bring him in, definitely. But I held off and didn't bring him in and probably copped a lower score because of that. And I'm happy that I didn't bring him in because I feel like he might play origin and one of the reasons why i didn't bring him in is i saw him hanging around the team he was one of those extra players so he might have been you know player 18 19 or 20 for the new south wales state of origin and who knows what's going to happen with that team for the third game so i'm just going to sit and wait and see what happens there damian cook got i wouldn't say hooked early but he got rested early 43 points cody walker 42 wasn't a great game for cody um and he looked out of sorts and, you know, it's it's tough. So much revolves around him and he just missed a couple of the passes there. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. 139 points for Drinky. So if you look at Drinkwater's last five scores, 75, 95, 117, 104, and 95, and now he's punched out 139 and he's played obviously Souths, Penrith, and Melbourne in those six scores. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You've got to be impressed, even if you don't rate him. I mean, he's 3% owned. Uh, he's I don't know what sort of price he's going to be. I'll just try and get an idea here. So Scotty Drinkwater going into the game was 844000 He just crept up quietly there because not that many people own him, so I guess not many people were looking at him and maybe the Cowboys weren't going so good, but now they are going good. Projected by Jay Schubert to rise rise fifty two thousand, so that makes him up around the eight ninety six, so close enough to nine hundred thousand. That's a fairly expensive purchase, but those scores that he's punching out are unreal. He's going to be a break even of fifty seven, so it's not an unreasonable break even. And the Cowboys have a reasonably good run, so they've got West in Townsville next week. So if you're going to go pull the trigger on Drinky, and I'd say he'll be fairly well traded in if people have the money, then you're going to do it next week against West, although they haven't they haven't been too bad defensively. They haven't given up too many big scores. Then they've got the bye, the Cowboys, and then they come back and play games against Manly, Power and Titans. So it's a fairly soft draw. It's a fairly soft draw, even though... You know, you could argue that Drinkwater's shown himself in the last six weeks to be fairly fixture-proof if the Cowboys are going well. So I never thought I'd say this, least of all earlier this year, but I could be bringing in Scott Drinkwater. Okay, South, uh, on the other hand, yep, they travelled to Auckland to play the Warriors at Mount Smart. Like I mentioned, that's going to be a really, really tough game for them. So... We'll see if they can bounce back, get out of that slump and get some more wins up or else they might find themselves fighting for the eight and 
this slump that they're going through might cost them a top four spot towards the end of the year. Okay, final game of the round. The Canberra Raiders got out to a flyer against the Roosters, 18-0, and they hung on to a 20 points to 18 win. Oh, the Roosters, I mean, how much are they struggling in attack? I feel like they're not really relevant this year in terms of an NRL perspective. Well, I mean, when you think about the premiership threats, you certainly don't think of the Roosters when they were favourites at the start of the year, so it's crazy. I'm that close to writing them off, but because of what I spoke about before as the Cowboys, I wrote them off early in the year. They went through a similar attacking slump and they just look terrible. But they've shown that, you know, good teams can break out of it. So I'm very close to writing them off, but I'm not going to write them off just because they have got a good roster. They have got players to come back. Uh, It's tough to see them turn it around, but they could. Uh, The Raiders on the other side, gritty team, um, tough forwards. Yeah, they don't score a lot of tries. I mean, when they score tries, it's – Lately, it's been off kicks. I mean, they went through that period there where they were scoring a lot of tries, but they seem to have struggled apart from off the kick. But I would say they're overachieving. I really would. Like, I think from from when you look at their roster, you know, you wouldn't be expect them to be at this level. And they got a pretty decent draw. I mean, this is what they've got coming up. They have the Titans, the Dragons, and then the Bye. So the next three weeks, I mean every chance of another six points. They're entrenched in the eight. So, yeah, upwards and onwards for the Canberra Raiders. Okay, let's have a look at some of the scores. Uh, Joey Manu, 91. Talk about putting them on his back. Just They didn't even look like they were in the game, the Roosters, and he nearly single-handedly brought them back into the game. Couple of great tries, but you just feel like he's underutilized at center. But when he gets the ball, geez, look out. Uh, obviously, a hold if you've got him in center wing. I don't have him at the moment. It's a pretty tough watch, even though for the first probably 39 minutes of the game, I wasn't too worried. He touched the ball twice and did nothing. Uh, and then bang, gets the ball off a Kiri offload on the inside, scores a try, comes out after half time, scores a try in the air. Looked dangerous. Went looking for the ball late in the game. Nearly got him home. Jake Turpin, 43. Uh, James Tedesco, 34. So pretty down there for Teddy. Billy Smith, 42. I think owners that are stuck with him would be happy with that. I'm still stuck with him. I, I want to get rid of him. But, yeah, I'm wishing I didn't use all those boosts earlier in the year. That's super coach regret coming in. Corey Horsburgh, 78. That's an awesome score for those people that have him. Joey Tapp, 62, just that solid score that he normally posts between sort of high 50s to 70. He's normally in between there. He's pretty consistent. Josh Papali got injured early. He was a player that I was keeping an eye on, So, and it's a lower limb injury. I think it was a hamstring, so that rules him out. Whenever big fellas get those lower limb injuries, I'm just – put a pen straight through them because I think they really struggle, particularly towards the end of the year. Uh, so we talked about what the Canberra's have, Canberra Raiders have coming up, which is pretty, pretty good run for them. The Roosters have Manly, the Bye, Storm and Titans in the next four weeks. So I think you're going to get an insight there. I mean, 
out of those four weeks, they get two points for the bye. They should beat Manly. They should beat the Titans if they want to be any chance of making the eight. So they need to get at least six points out of the next four weeks to give themselves a chance. I felt like they really missed Tupanua and even Crichton went off in the first half and didn't come back on in the second half with an injury. They need something to spark that attack, and Tupanua last week looked like he was doing that. I'm not sure. He must have picked up an injury that ruled him out because he was laid out for them. And Brandon Smith, I think he'll add a bit to their attack. So maybe Sam Walker comes back. I feel like Sanders Smith's been pretty good, but, yeah, I mean, they really need to lift up that attack. It's almost the worst in the competition. If it's not the worst, I'm not 100% sure, but I have heard commentary that it's definitely one of the worst in the competition. Okay, before we go, that wrapped up all the games. We have a question there from the king of Supercoach, Timmy Smith. Hey, not Timmy Smith, Timmy Williams. Timmy Williams. Why does it say Timmy Smith there? I've written that down wrong. The Timmy Williams. Uh, So he asks, who do you see as being the two fullbacks for the run home? Oh, what a cracking question there from Timmy Williams. Uh, so I've gone through all 16 fullbacks in the 16 teams just to be really thorough about it. I'm ruling out Tyrell Sloan, Hayes Parham, Seb Chris, Blake Taff, and Will Kennedy. Now, Will Kennedy, you know, I mean, some people may think he's a bit of a smoky with Sharks coming into a decent run, so they may consider him, but I'm not going to consider them. I'm not going to consider Nick Meany or Hamaso Tabuai Fido because they're available in the center wing position. So you're probably better off getting them in that position. And Charles Nickel Klockstad falls into that criteria as well. He's actually available at center wing. So definitely a consideration, but I'm not going to throw him in the mix here as well as a fullback because if you can get him in center wing, and he's playing that well, definitely get him in the center wing position because you can get another gun fullback in. So that leaves us with Jareen Buller. The question about him is can he keep it up? He's been awesome. I feel like he's rookie of the year. Come into a side that's been on the back foot, and he's just delivered um, in NRL and in Supercoach. But I think it's unlikely with the injuries they've had to their spine that he's going to keep up that high level of scoring. So... I'm going to say no to Jareen Buller, uh, and uh, he's one that I've just traded out of my side this week. But I can certainly understand if people want to stick with him until they see him, his scores drop, and hopefully they don't they don't drop for years. So a speculator, Alexander Brimson. So Titans with nothing to lose. This would be the ultimate speculator. He's a pod. He's well owned. He's playing good footy. Sorry, he's not he's not really high highly owned, so he's definitely one to consider. Dylan Edwards, he's rock solid, but does he have that upside? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say pass. Um, James Tedesco, definite pass on that one. The Roosters are just not scoring enough points. Teddy's not playing as good, I think, as he has in previous years. He's very isolated, playing individual footy, not linking up with the team as well as he has in the past, and that might be the movement around the spine that they've had. So I'd say no to Tedesco. So it leaves three that I'm tossing up between. Now, two of them I have currently, which is Clint Gutherson. He is on an absolute tear. Um, Now, 
I can't see Dylan Brown coming back anytime soon. And I don't know if there's some correlation there between Dylan Brown leaving and his scores, but he certainly stepped up. Parramatta are flying at the moment. They have played a few easier teams, so maybe when it gets harder, does he keep his scoring up? I'm not sure. Um, but at the moment, I'm happy to hold Gutho. Kalen Ponga is the other one that I have. The Knights are just not that good, but Ponga is just awesome. And in terms of Supercoach, I think he's almost fixture-proof. Um, so he's one that, oh, I'm definitely keeping him for the Bulldogs, but whether I keep him long-term or not, that's the question. That is the question. And or can I can I keep him long-term and, and get drinky? And so I've gone out there and said that I can, I want to get drinky in, but whether I can afford to get drink in because I think drink water is just a pure fullback. Yeah, so I'd have to forego. Oh, that's tough. That's tough because I think the third one that I have there is Scotty Drinkwater. You know, he's just absolutely hot right now. Um, he's seemingly fixture-proof if you go in his last six games. He's got a soft draw coming up. His confidence is sky high. So I think, Timmy, the question to you, uh, sorry, the answer to your question, Timmy Williams, not Timmy Smith, is I think Gutho, Drinkwater, Ponga, or a combination of those three, and probably looking to get Charles Nickel Clockstad in the center wing position for sure, if you can afford all that. Righto, that brings us to the end of the SC Playbook weekly wrap for this week. Thanks for listening. Good luck with your trades this week, and we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 